Florida Gators defensive coordinator Austin Armstrong described his defense, and a lot of people have no idea what he meant. I'm going to tell you what you're going to see from this Gators defense here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being Locked On Gators, your first listener of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Gators is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Happy Friday. Hope your first day of March Madness went well. I know I made money, so thank you very much. Virginia, that over was right there. <sighs> And I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Written work with whole nine sports, Giants country, and NFL 33. And the other day, a clip started going around about Florida Gators' new defensive coordinator, Austin Armstrong, saying what he wanted to say. You know, the whole, we don't have a toolbox. We have a tool, sked, a tool uh, shed, scheme-wise. That's true. And I'll play the clip for you now, and then we're going to talk about exactly what he said and what he meant at certain points. You know, we're, we have a, we don't have a toolbox. We like to say we have a tool shed of scheme. You know what I mean? Our deal is we're going to be multiple four-down front team that play split safety, man match, and middle field close coverage. Um, we're going to pressure, you know, with where creeper gets thrown around right, which is a you know, four-man pressure versus the pass and a five-man pressure against the run. So it's a mixture of a fire zone and a cover three coverage concepts. You know, we do some other stuff on a five-man process that's different at a four-down front and three-down front. At the end of the day, you know, not many people are like us that are multiple in the back end and multiple in the front. In. They're kind of one or the other, right? We're both. You know what I mean? We're going to be able to take whatever tools we need every week to play in this league because each team's different. Vanderbilt's different than Georgia. Georgia is different than Tennessee. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you got to have a scheme that is flexible to what you're seeing all the time, but also what your players can do. Like, I can't come in here and say, hey, we're going to be a four-man front middle field close team. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? But we have the ability to play each week the way we need to play to win. You know, and really for us, it's the same every week, and it's different for the opponent. You know what I'm saying? But from a pressure standpoint, you know, we are aggressive. You know what I mean? We we, we say we try to negotiate with a hammer, right? Like, we're going to be aggressive. We're going to try to – we're not going to let them dictate the, the terms of engagement. We're going to be able to run all our stuff against all circumstances of offense. Um, you know, we feel like we have a good run pressure philosophy and relative to the pass game. So we're, we're going to break this down throughout today's show. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about by starting with, with the – the pure basics, multiple four down front team. And some people don't really know what that means. It, it, it's four players on the line of scrimmage, three linemen and a Jack. And he even mentioned in the clip that I didn't include was he answered kind of the age old um, discussion. We'll say or age old debate is Florida a 3-3-5 with that stand-up edge rusher, or are they a 4-2-5? And he said we're technically a 3-3-5, but really a 4-2. And no one should, like, like you shouldn't be upset about that. I want you to know, like, I feel like a lot of people get into it about, oh, it's a 4-2-5, you don't know what you're talking about, a 3-3-5, you don't know what you're talking about. Chill out, it doesn't matter, okay? There's four, there's four people on the line of scrimmage. 
Okay, that's all you need to worry about. And that's a big thing for Austin Armstrong. It was a big thing for Patrick Tony. It's a big thing for a lot of defenses. And one of the things that Austin Armstrong mentioned in the clip is being a modern defense. That's being modern. That that three down, but one standing up gives you a little bit of versatility with what you can do. That's the modern aspect of this that Austin Armstrong was talking about. So there's that where he wanted to be a multiple four down front team. That's what that means. Having those four linemen look really, but having a multiple look to it because sometimes there's going to be two down linemen on the interior and two stand up edge rushers. Sometimes there's going to be three down linemen and a jack stand up edge rusher. Sometimes they're going to have four players with their hands in the dirt. That's the point about him saying this multiple four down front team, because that's what you're going to see from this team. Just, just from the looks of the team. He also mentioned creepers, which I had a couple people reach out to me about that because creepers has been a thing that I have been very openly supportive of, and I'm still very openly supportive of Creepers. And if you don't know what Creepers are, he calls it four-man pressure against the pass, five-man pressure against the run. And that confused some people, but it shouldn't, because Creepers, just, just breaking it down to the core, Creepers is you have your four players on the line of scrimmage. One of those four drops into coverage, while a non-traditional rusher rushes the passer. So you have those four guys on the line of scrimmage, one drops back, and someone replaces them as a rusher. That's what Creepers is, by the way. Creepers is replacement blitzes. It's not when someone creeps up to the line of scrimmage. That's not what that is. So it's replacement blitzes is the is the technical term of it. So it's that one guy dropping back. Obviously, when you run the football, that guy isn't dropping back into coverage. He's just playing it like the run. So that's why he said four-man pressure against the pass, five-man pressure against the run. That's what he meant by that. He also specifically mentioned cover three principles in Creepers. And that's something that we're going to talk to talk about in the next segment because I think it's more important to talk about in the next segment where we can really dive into some of this and kind of further understand what this defense is going to look like under Austin Armstrong. But first, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's America's number one sportsbook. And it's March Madness. I think this is the best time on the planet to gamble. Like it, it is. I don't care what anyone says. Not the Super Bowl, not the World Series, NBA playoffs is a close second. But March Madness is the best time to make bets. Do it with the best sports book to do it, FanDuel. New customers can also get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets when your first bet misses. If your first bet misses, ideally, you make your own money. We'll say that. But don't miss your chance. Go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Thanks again for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. And we spoke briefly about cover three last segment. We're going to dive a little bit more into it, but I want to use the words that Austin Armstrong used to describe it, where he talked about middle of the field, cover, middle of the field closed coverage. 
MOFC, if you see it written out, if you see MOFC written out, that means middle of the field closed coverage. What middle of the field closed means, because there's MOFC and there's MOFO, and MOFO is M-O-F-O, and it's middle of the field open. The way to tell that is middle of the field closed, that, that's your cover one, that's your cover three. That's when there is a safety in the deep middle of the field. So the middle of the field is closed, okay? Middle of the field open is typically what you think of when you think of cover two, cover four. I mean, cover two is what you think of when you see, you play Madden and you see cover two or you think it's going to be cover two and you go, okay, I'm going to throw a post. Why? Because the middle of the field is open. There you go. That's your middle of the field closed, middle of the field open. And I was asked what cover three is. So I'm going to tell you what cover three is. Cover three is when you have three players playing deep coverage. It's not three safeties. It's not three people playing safety. That's not what that means. It's three people playing deep coverage. Typically, it's one safety that's typically thought of as the free safety. I call them the deep safety. That drops back into the middle third of the field. You split the field, the deep half of the field, into thirds. So it's the deep middle of the field, the deep left, and the deep right. Usually the corners, one corner on each side, takes those deep sides. And then you have four players in coverage underneath. That's your stereotypical cover three. There's variations. There's cloud. There's sky. There's a ton of different things you can look at with cover three. But typically, cover three is one safety deep in the middle, two corners deep down the sides, and then four underneath defenders, which is one safety and two linebackers and a nickel, or one safety and three linebackers. And however you want to slice and dice, that's why Creepers works with cover three principles, because you still have seven people in coverage. You can still have three safeties deep, and then you have your from your uh, non-traditional rushers, your off-ball players, one of them is rushing the passer. So now you have three of them to use in that underneath coverage, and the person who is the stereotypical pass rusher gets to drop back into coverage there. So that's why you still get to work with cover three principles out of cover four. Cover one is that one deep safety man coverage underneath and rushing the passer. That That's cover one typically in, in, in a just in a bubble, we'll say. Um, that's what that middle of the field coverage, that's what that is. It's also important to talk about that this defense, prior to the snap, you're going to see two safeties deep, usually. You're going to see two safeties deep, which means when you have that middle of the field closed, they're rotating into that look. They're showing you middle of the field open, but they're rotating either way. Whichever safety comes over, that's part of the versatility being multiple is what Austin Armstrong kept saying you get to do that by rotating out and you don't know who's dropping back, who's going into the flat, who's doing what. So that's one of the points of this defense. Patrick Tony did something similar. Like even Austin Armstrong mentioned him and Patrick Tony, they think of things similarly. They approach them differently maybe, but they think of them similarly frequently. And so there's, that is that similarity that you're going to see. And one thing that Austin Armstrong mentioned was split safety coverages. That is like like that's Nick Saban's bread and butter. And if you do anything like Nick Saban, woohoo! Like I'm I'm cool with it, right? I think most people are cool with it. If you can do anything that's replicating Nick Saban, we'll say. There are coverages that essentially break the field in half and you break coverages into shapes. You got triangle, you got box, and then 
triangle and box have a million of their own different variations and it's just it's wild so for we'll we'll say triangle for example there's two receivers on each side of the field there's a running back in the backfield that means that when you go when you're playing with that little triangle then you've got two receivers on a side you've got a safety over top and then two underneath defenders whether that's you know a receiver and a tight end on one, a wide receiver and a tight end on one side, so you've got a safety, a linebacker on the tight end, and a corner, then you've got your little triangle setup. You've got the same thing when you're looking at if there's two, uh, a wide receiver and a slot receiver, you've got your cornerback, you've got your nickel, and you've got a safety over top of them. So you've got that little triangle that you see breaking up. You can do it with box. There's different variations of all of this stuff. The point to say all of this is that this is going to be a complex defense, but it's also important to acknowledge, if you're a Florida Gators fan, that that's what Florida did last year. They did a lot of that. When you look at the box, you can look at, or one way to break up this split safety stuff is we can say cover six, which is cover four on one side, cover two on the other. That cover four side You've got broken up there. That that's a box. There's the two. There's the corner. And the, I'm trying to shape it with my fingers here, but there's the corner and the safety, and they drop back, and then there's the underneath defenders, and they're going. And then you've got that cover two side is the one deep safety, the two underneath zone defenders. So like, does that makes? I hope I'm explaining it properly. But the point being, there's a bunch of different variations and different ways with how you can play it. And then another thing Austin Armstrong mentioned was man match coverage. It is very common in this style of defense, whether you want to call it a 3-3-5, a 4-2-5, the hybrid 4-2-5, whatever you want to call it, it's very common in this side to say to play man-match coverages. That's modern football as well. It's coverages where on the same play, one defender might be completely shadowing a man, no matter what he does. That that's what we call Meg. That's man everywhere he goes okay so that's no matter what he does i have him in man coverage if he's running a slant that's my responsibility if he's running a go route that's my responsibility if he runs a curl that's my responsibility while also on the opposite side of the field you can see they're covering a receiver but with rules it's he's my responsibility if he goes deep and stays to the outside if he runs a post I pass him off once he breaks in and, and things like that. If he runs an in route, then I just let him run that in route. If he runs a slant, I let him run that slant. That's what, when I was playing, we used to just say, don't ride the slant. That, that was how we called it. Instead of saying uh, mod, which is typically what it's thought of, of man outside and deep, meaning that if he goes outside and deep, he's my responsibility. Instead of saying mod, we would just call it, or not even call it. That's what we were coached to say, don't ride the slant. Don't ride the dig. Don't ride whatever it is that he breaks in. You're not riding it. You're then passing out. That's what you see commonly with quarters where people say, oh, it's quarters. It's his own with man match principles. That's one of the ways that you can talk about it because it's if he goes out and deep, he's my responsibility. But if he cuts in, then I play it as if I'm watching for something that's going to go out and deep. Like I, I'm playing essentially the, the, the we'll say, a, a baby cover three. This is how we'll talk about it as a corner. That's my responsibility. It's creating coverages with rules to say what the receiver runs will determine what I'm doing. 
it's not I'm just playing man and I'm going like in in Madden where it's like oh we're playing cover two man here like it's not just like that it's like what what the receiver runs will determine what I'm doing and what my responsibilities are on that play so that's what we're talking about it's complex I'm sorry if I did a bad job at explaining it properly but that that's as simplified as I can make it right now okay does that make sense? I hope that makes sense for you. I'm sorry if it doesn't. I, I will try to be better. But we're about to flip to basketball because how football had the mass exodus, basketball's lost one player specifically that I'm kind of pissed about. And so I want to talk about that. But first, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Built Bar. It's mid-March. It's been time to get that summer body ready because you are very close to nice weather and that means very close to needing that summer bod but one thing that helps you is built bar it helps me at least it's coated in 100 chocolate which i've mentioned a billion times i have a hardcore sweet tooth. so something being coated in 100 chocolate awesome 130 calories just four net carbs which is the most important macro that i care about and 17 grams of protein also that's really cool that they are finally in stores. It used to be online only. Now you can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and get yourself Built Bar, or you can go to Built or BuiltBar.com and get yourself that Built Bar. To wrap up today's show, we're talking about a transfer portal ad for the Florida Gators that I am actually pretty, pretty, um, we'll say miffed about. I'll say miffed for it where it's confirmed that so far at the time of recording this at it's it just hit halftime of Auburn Iowa um that Kawasi Reeves and Niles Lane are both entering the transfer portal from the Florida Gators basketball team now that they've of course been eliminated after getting annihilated by UCF however I'm not talking about Niles Lane here I want to talk specifically about Kawasi Reeves because I think it's such a missed opportunity and just it just it, it's it's floundered potential and i'm the type of person where i say like like missing an opportunity never taking the swing or some of the worst things possible so missing an opportunity like this really sucks i think most of us can agree that it, it's probably a solid reason that he hit the transfer portal is because he didn't get that playing time consistently that he was hoping for. And he should be annoyed about that because, and I, I'm on the camp that I will say this. I am not on the side of people saying Todd Golden should be fired or anything like that. I think the roster he came into was a very bad roster with very few good players. And he did a solid job of bringing in players from the portal and in high school, Denzel Aberdeen, Riley Kugel, like he did a pretty good job of trying to build that team. He's going to have a much harder job doing that this off season. But, and again, like I, I'm all for the analytics approach. I have no problem with analytics at all. I love it. That's why I love the Todd Golden hire. That's why I love the Billy Napier hire. I'm an analytics person. I'm fine with, as long as we're taking the right approach to things, we're, we're cool with whatever the results may be. And so I'm fine with that. And I understand. Yes. Kawasi Reeves was wildly inconsistent and inefficient at times. And I know that Todd Golden's thing is analytics and efficiency and all that. I understand that. When your roster is as bad as the 2022 Florida Gators, 
And you have someone like Kawasi Reeves who, yeah, he's inefficient. He makes some bad decisions. He does all that. But he can get hot in a hurry and he can provide a spark. When your roster's as bad as that 22 Florida Gators team was, you deal with those because you can get that spark. Obviously, I'm not saying he's the basketball equivalent to Anthony Richardson, but it's part of the reason why during the season, no matter what the struggles, it wasn't we're going to consider a change at quarterback. It was if you can have someone that can provide that spark, then you give them the opportunities. And that's what never really happened with Kawasi Reeves, in my opinion. Again, I'm fully on board with taking an analytical approach, and I fully understand the reasoning behind him not getting more playing time. If you're taking an analytical approach and you want to say it's a purely analytical approach, then you say that. But one, that's that's malarkey. Um, it, it is, and I, I will get to why it is, because it's the same point where I can't convince myself that it's good to not play somebody like Kawasi Reeves because they're inefficient. I can't convince myself it's good to not play them while you also have Myron Jones out there playing 22 minutes a night. And that's not to be rude to Myron Jones or anything like that, but he is another one where at, at any moment he can go off, but at any moment he can turn the ball over twice or three times in a six possession span and he can shoot Oh, for nine on any given night. You can't tell me that, oh, Myron Jones deserves to play more than Kawasi Reeves deserves to play because that's just not true. You can't tell me we're taking a full analytical, efficient approach if Kawasi Reeves isn't playing, but Myron Jones is playing. Like that, that's why I'm like, this is just inconsistent. That's the thing that's going to get you fired, being inconsistent and picking and choosing. I understand a lot of people saying, oh, like it's analytics, but you also have a gut feeling. Your gut feeling should not have been Kawasi Reeves should sit and Myron Jones should play a lot. No, that's how you get yourself fired. So, Todd Golden, you have quite the climb ahead of you for this offseason. Hope nothing but the absolute best for you and, and hope that you can somehow field a respectable. Florida Gators team, and by respectable, I mean NCAA tournament bound. Thank you very much. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll be back Monday, sorry, to talk more Florida Gators. For your second listen, check out Locked On College Basketball. It's March Madness. Andy Patton, Isaac Shade, they're destroying this right now. They're a top 10 basketball podcast in America right now. If you're missing out, that's on you, boo. That's on you. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, and NFL 33. And I will see you all Monday.